What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Syndicate. What episode is this now? I think this is episode eight. I have my good friend, the big boss, Andre Haeckel Jr., the God gifted, the big man, one of the coolest people I've met in the past six months. And funny story is when I met him, I didn't know it was him. And we were at an event. We were in Miami. And turns out it was his birthday. And when I found out that, because you and I had interacted for a couple months, we were friends, we engaged with each other and everything. And I didn't know it was you because I was so used to not seeing you wear glasses. And when you pulled up, I didn't expect it to be you. And then I asked Dan, our, our good friend, your business partner, my good friend, I asked Dan, I was like, wait, I was like, yo, who, who is that guy? And he's like, yo, that's Andre. And I'm like, no way. And I said, Andre. And it was funny because you didn't know who I was in exactly. person. And I didn't know who you were in person. And then, because it was your birthday, we went around and I think I got you blacked out. But yep. <laughs> Andre never consumed alcohol a day in his life. Uh, you know, he's, he's very good. He's focusing on your, on your work, he's your lead generation, your client, your, everything that you guys pay him trillions for. He's focused on that. He doesn't drink. He doesn't party. He doesn't, doesn't do anything. So Andre, my friend, welcome to, welcome to the podcast. It's, it's great to have this conversation with you. It's great to have you on. Um, and we're going to talk about the fun stuff. Anybody, and, and I just told you off camera, but anybody that listens to you or your stuff or any of the material or, or follows you on Twitter, they know what you do. Um, they know you have a giant lead generation agency uh, called KnowledgeX. And you also have Client Ascension, which is a really cool coaching program. And I've heard nothing but good things about it. Uh, a lot of guys are making a lot of money in there. Um, and just, you know, welcome, man. I'm, I'm very happy to have you on. So uh, I want to talk about the fun stuff. I want to talk about what you're, what you're doing uh, besides building massive companies and, and doing really cool stuff and being the mob boss that you are. So <laughs> yeah, dude, love the introduction. Uh, I mean, honestly, to me, the fun stuff is building the businesses, but there's there's a lot more to life uh, as well, which I'm sure we'll get into. And the story, the intro is, is funny because I this I think we both had the same realization. It's like, oh, shit, that's Andre. I'm like, oh, shit, that's David. And was, that night was uh, that was a fun night. It was a good night. It was a good night. <laughs> so I usually don't have anything prepared. And I don't have anything prepared right now because, you know, every time we come on, I just like, you know, I, I like to just see where the conversation goes, right? Very off the cuff. So I want to get an idea. So you're working on a couple of things right now, right? And I think a lot of us in, in the last podcast I did, I did with uh, Pontiflex. And what we were talking about was this idea of creating a harmony and, and work is life and life is work, right? And what are you working on right now and, and why? So you have, you have a couple companies. Yeah. So I got, like you mentioned, I got KnowledgeX, which is the lead gen agency. That was like the core of it all. And that dispersed into ListKit, which is about to be a SaaS, and then Client Ascension, which is a coaching business. Um, and I mean, yeah, we could go into the why and, and how that all kind of came to be. But the, the cool thing for me is I get to work with like my best friends. Like you met Dan, like you mentioned, and then you haven't met Christian yet, but he's one of my best friends, similar to like you and Nikki from college. Yeah. And I don't know, that's like my biggest why is just building cool shit with like my favorite people. And like, there's nothing cooler than that, at least from what I've experienced. I'm only 22, but so far that's been the high. Yeah, I, I really agree. And what was funny, I think about our relationship is like, you know, how we number one, how we met and that also that we knew the same people. So 
one of my best friends from college. So I met him when he was 18. I was 19 and I'm about to turn 25 and he is 24 now, but is, is Nick Mullen. And Nick, I, I literally, he's one of now, now one of the best media buyers in the world for high ticket info products and high ticket stuff. He's, he's one of the best in the world. And he's, he trains with, you know, Jeremy Haynes, who is probably, you know, the de facto goat at media buying. And what was funny is like, literally, like, I was like, oh, I said, Nick, I want to put you in touch with my friend, Andre. And I was like, wait, like Andre. And then I told you about Nick and it turns out you guys had worked together and knew each other already. And I was like, wow, there's no fucking way. Um, so it's such a small world and it always makes me think it's such a small world in our industry. And what I really love about it is that we all are together and we all support each other, right? There's no jealousy. There's no hate. And regardless of financial situation, regardless of the amount of money that people make, you know, we have our friends, some of our friends do 150, 200 grand a month. Some of our friends do 20, some of our friends do, some of our friends do five, but regardless of where they're at, we all come together and we all support each other and we all build each other up. And there's no jealousy, there's no hate, and we all want to see each other successful. And I think that's incredibly rare. And it's something that I think is a testament to, especially you, because of what you've built and you built it with some of your best friends. And you're a person that constantly is trying to bring people up and elevate people and give out quality information and make an impact in the amount of information and the, and the high quality information that you put out. Um, so... I think it's cool, man. I think you're a great guy. I'm, I'm happy to call you a friend of mine. Um, so, I mean, let's really, let's, let's dive in. I mean, so you're building, you're building a couple things. Now, what do you like the best of what you're building? What do you think is, is your favorite so far? Yeah. So I, I mean, client Ascension has been just a really cool experience for me because like, to be honest, I used to, I used to be in the coaching industry like two or three years ago. That's actually how Nick, uh, who you mentioned, uh, and I met, initially because we were doing coaching programs and stuff like that and he would actually do the ads for us so that was both when nick and i were even below like the five thousand dollar a month mark right and we treat each other no differently today yeah. which i just think is is really cool and it just speaks to the person that nick is um but yeah client ascension is cool because fast forward like two or three years later we're in the coaching business again and it's just cool to be able to like really have an impact on other guys like myself like i see myself and all the people that i interact through that program and like just being able to have conversations with these guys and actually knowing what to say and like exactly how to help them and guide them it's just like it's just like it's amazing like i just feel so grateful to be in that situation um and also grateful for the fact that people are willing to invest and like kind of trust my guidance and and just to see it through um, but yeah, client ascension out of the three businesses is I, I feel like where I get my most joy, but like in regards to all businesses together, like I'm an operator, like I love building shit and fixing problems and putting automations in place and putting systems in place and restructuring offers. Um, so that's kind of like my vibe in, in the, in the businesses. You know, I would have guessed that client ascension would be the thing that you have the most fun doing because of the impact. And the reason I said, and so like, obviously, you know, like I, obviously I run RCN and, and like, I have, you know, other things going on besides Cashflow Syndicate, besides Twitter, but Twitter and Cashflow Syndicate are where I have the most fun because I get to make a giant impact at mass scale. Right. Yeah. And that's something that, and, and I, know, I know you, you're, you fuck with Gary Vee really heavily and 
it's interesting because like that's who I started watching when I was like 17, 18, right? And like he always talks about impact. And like, you know, I, I kind of think, you know, in order to obviously sometimes you have to do things that you don't want to do to get paid, right? But impact when you have an impact, right, that makes everything so worthwhile. And it's not like, you know, you don't have fun making money or doing the big things with like knowledge X or, or anything like that. But seeing guys go from like, you know, zero or like three or like five to 10 plus 20 a month is like, it's, it's absolutely fucking insane. It's bonkers. Yep. Um, and what I wanted to ask you was, you know, how do you feel? So uh, different question now in terms of, so client ascension, so you got that with, with Dan. And then is, and then I, I know Dan Crowley is mainly like your sales guy. And so I wanted to see, you know, how do you guys in that partnership, which is very interesting because, so who is the longer term thinker? I think it's you, right? You're the, I feel like you're the infrastructure systems, long-term thinker guy who has the multi-year vision. And even though you know how to sell, Crowley is more so sales, marketing, acquisition. And so you guys seem to have, a, and, and I met, I met him and he's like, he's a fucking dope dude. And it seems like you guys have such a great like partnership and synergistic like relationship between the fact that you're able to think long-term, you're able to build the infrastructure and build the vision and build the business back end. And then Crowley just goes crazy with fucking acquisition, <laughs> like, yo, let's get more money in, more money in. And then you figure out how to optimize that. So can you yeah. speak? Yeah, it's really interesting because like typically if you read books and just entrepreneurs in general, like the sales guy is usually like the vision guy, right? Like the long-term thinker, the CEO, the visionary, whatever you want to call it. And like the operations, the systems guy is more so like the COO who's just like only focused on the day-to-day -day and making shit work. Um, so like for me, it's an interesting place to be in because I'm a visionary. Like I think very long-term, like the overall direction that I want our companies to go in and like long-term goals of what we want to accomplish and how we want to like impact the marketplace. Gotcha. That's what's always top of mind. But at the same time, I just love operating on a day-to-day -day and bringing people together and solving different problems that our clients or our students come to us with. Um, but yeah, Dan is great. I mean, we work so well together because we grew up together um, and you know, I'll give him a vision and where we want to go and an offer we want to sell and just list out the reasons why. And he's able to run with it. Um, yeah, I just don't enjoy sales. Like I, I've been, I started in sales, like a lot of us did. Right. And I did that for about two years making cold calls. And that was enough for me. I just wanted to be behind the computer and, and actually operating. I, I just love like where I get fulfillment in the agency, especially in incline ascension is being on that first call where they just made an investment with us. And I now have the opportunity to turn that investment into something. It's almost like I'm managing their money, right? Like I have control over the outcome instead of just taking their money and, and sending them to the next step. So I yeah. guess I just love the control aspect. Yeah. And, and that's interesting that you say like, you know, you just don't like sales or you hate sales because when I started out in sales, I hated sales. I was like, yo, this is not fun. <laughs> This is not fun. And I started, and when I started out in sales, I mean, a lot of people don't know. I mean, like I obviously like, I knew I was going to be good at it, but I started selling insurance and asset management investments and stuff like that. Um, and I started as an SDR and I would set appointments and I would try and I would get, you know, a commission on, on those, on, on those deals. And I did that for about three months, dude. And like, it was literally like, it wasn't even that many cold calls. It wasn't even like that stuff. I just hated having the sales conversation. Exactly. And the reason why, and, and I, I spoke about this on a Twitter space yesterday, but you have to be able to sell good offers that really do good. 
now at 21 selling insurance doesn't make sense because you don't understand the value of insurance. <laughs> Guys who are really good at selling insurance are 40 year old dudes who have had family members die or family members go to the hospital with no insurance, no health. And, and they had to foot a multi six figure bill for, you know, a surgery or somebody for a hospital bill or for a funeral or something like that, or, or something, or somebody dies and, and they're not able and they have a bunch of debts and the life insurance can't pay it off. Now they are more invested and believe in that offer more because of where they are in life. And I think what's really important for the listeners to understand is when you are creating things and you're in sales and you have a good offer, it's, it's a good offer, right? I mean, we always joke, oh, that's a good offer. That's a good offer. But <laughs> you have to create really, really, really good offers that you fundamentally believe in that fit your core belief systems, right? And I think what you're doing fits your core belief system exactly, right? I think it fits it to a T, which is why you have so much fun building it. Right. When I was selling business loans, part of my life was me justifying why it's a good product. Right. <laughs> but the guys who you would get a hundred grand to because they needed to make payroll by the by 9 a.m. the next day, and you put it in their bank and you put it in their bank account at 4 p.m. the day before, and you just make the wire at 3:55 p.m. That's what felt really good to me. Or the guys that are like, look, like I want to get this money because we're gonna grow our business by like 5x if we have this money, right? Like that felt really good to me. The ones that didn't were the ones that I had to push to sell, right? Debt consolidation was a really easy sell because you just, it's mathematical. But some of the ones where it was like, you know, you're cold calling somebody and you kind of convince them that they need it and, and they take, you know, 50, 60 grand, right? It's 15% interest for something like, you know, those or the people that really didn't need it or didn't want it. And you still got the deal across the board. Those, those kind of, you know, made me feel a little bit, a little bit salty, but at the end of the day, you have to justify it in a certain way. So now- I think I have a lot more fun and you definitely agree with me. I have a lot more fun building things and working on things that fit my core belief system, right? Like doing email marketing or doing marketing for a company that is going to increase or either turn, save their company or turn their, their profit margin and they're, they're going to increase their profit margins. They're going to be able to grow. They're going to be able to feed their family, take their kids on vacation. All these things that they're going to be able to do is it fits my core belief system because I saw so many businesses get crushed by Corona because of margins, right? The yeah. biggest thing that businesses have issues with, especially as they scale, is margin. And what you and I are able to do is create things that you know we run, we own, offers that we own that make a lot of impact and do a lot of good. Yeah, 100%. I think that's also why I get so much enjoyment out of being the operator because you kind of own that process, right? Like when I was making cold calls, I was selling like auto dealership uh, software. I've never been a, to an auto dealership. I have no idea how they work or like, yeah, it just made no sense. I couldn't relate to it at all. And I felt like pretty shitty selling it because it almost felt like I was lying, even though there's all this data to back up the, like what I was saying. I just didn't have the personal experience and that's what I think is so powerful now, especially for you uh, with Cashflow Syndicate and for me with Client Ascension is like we feel good about what we do because it we put in the reps and we took the time to actually learn what we're now teaching. And it's not just being able to teach and see like the, the impact it makes on the students. It's the fact that we put in the reps and took the three years to get there. Yeah. And, and a lot of people will look at guys like you and me, especially how we've exploded on Twitter because you, me and Mason specifically in the past six months have like 
we've grown like we, we all have over, you know, I have, I'm, I'm coming up on 13,000 followers. I think you're around 12, 13,000 followers, right? Mason's at 16, 17. And like when we all got together and started, we were like, we were the young gunners in the space. Like we were like a thousand, a thousand followers. And this was like six months yeah. ago. This is five, six months ago. Like we were the young gunners in the space, like trying to make a name for ourselves. Like, and people will look at us and be like, oh, you guys are overnight successes, but we've put in years and years of work to get to this point. And even though you're young, you're 22, I'm 24, like we are young motherfuckers and we are getting after it in ways that most people can't even fucking seem to imagine or fathom because of the fact that we, number one, we started early and we are absolutely obsessive in the things we do. I said to you off, I, I FaceTimed you a little bit earlier and I said, you know, you and I and the guys that we know, all of our friends, we get more done in four hours, three, four hours than it takes people weeks to do. <laughs> it's, it's a superpower. It's, but it's because we're absolutely obsessive and systematic in the things that we do. Um, and I want to ask you, you know, what are some things like, so what does your day-to-day look like now? Cause like I juggle a lot. I wear a lot of hats. What are you, what do you mainly focus on? Like, what are you doing on a day-to-day basis? You know, what do you outsource to your team? What do you give to your guys? Like, you know, what are you, what are you doing with that? Yeah. Yeah. Just going back to what you said is very calculated. And I think if you want to play that role in the business of like operating well, so keeping that long-term vision, you have to be calculated. Um, but yeah, like, I guess what my day-to-day looks like. So the structure that I've been following for like three or four years now is, uh, at the beginning of every week, I'll meet with my team or with my partners and we'll kind of like align on what we did. We'll reflect on what we did the week before and kind of list out and try to recall like all the important steps we took forward and then reflect on that and, and set new goals for the upcoming week. So like every single day for like the past three or four years, I have this notebook. Right now, it actually is not looking good. I haven't crossed off the, as many things as I should at this point being Wednesday. Um, but I'll write out literally everything that I've come up with with my team on the call on that Sunday night that I want to go after and accomplish throughout the week. And this is by my side every single day. It's on my desk. So like Monday through Friday or any day I'm working, I'm looking. This is my guy. This is telling me what I have to do. Yeah. And early on, before I implemented a system like this, it was it was really frustrating because like I see all these successful entrepreneurs and businesses and I always wondered like what are they actually doing because I want to do something I just didn't know what like what where do I start what do I do what are the first steps and I think just being able to have a team to talk through and say like what needs to be accomplished this week where are we at what's the revenue what are our margins what are the concerns where are the opportunities and just being able to have that conversation is going to result in a bunch of action items and then throughout the week like I have uh, the way I do is I have like eight to 10 goals that I set for the week. And then I have like daily goals that are habits, right? So like checking in with clients, checking in with the team, checking in with my partners to make sure they're good and they have everything they need. Uh, Reviewing a piece of educational content, whether it be listening to podcasts or reading a thread on Twitter, reading 10 pages of a book and tweeting, right? These are all like things that I want to make sure I'm doing every single day. And then below that, I'm putting tasks that come up throughout the week because you might get an email Tuesday morning from a client that's upset or that they have a request and you have to go and fulfill it in short time. And that's just what comes up. Um, but I've always been a believer of, of inputs over outputs. And I've seen this work uh, for the longest time now. It's like, if you do the things that are, you know, are going to move the needle or you've seen it happen for other people, like detach from the output and you're going to get the results. So I love that question because if you're, if you're, you should be measuring your inputs every single day. You should know what you're doing and what you're setting out to do and whether or not you won or lost that day, not 
did you make a sale or did you gain a hundred followers? It's like, did you post a thread and did you take 10 cold calls? That's what matters. See, this is something that I see time and time again. And the, and, and I know that it works because I do it. I do literally the same thing that you do now. Every successful guy in every aspect of life has things that they want to do. So you have macro and micro. This is Gary Vee thing. You have macro and micro, right? So what you just said was you have things that you want. You have weekly stuff or maybe monthly, and then you have yearly, right? So it's broken down. And then you sub, you sub sect it to, okay, what can I do every single day? And what are the things that are going to move the needle? And I think, and you'll probably agree with me here again, is because where people get lost is they do not push the let, they do not move the needle and do the right things. So you know that action breeds sales and action breeds results. So if you can set up a, a system where you systematically every single day, you have a ecosystem. And I talk about this literally, I think on almost every podcast, creating an ecosystem where if you do one thing, it helps the other things. And you, not every day you're going to make couple grand or 10 grand or 50 grand, not every day you're going to make all this money, but you can push the lever every single day so that not every day you're going to set the world on fire, but the days that you do set the world on fire, that shit goes ablaze. Yeah. Every successful guy does this. I've done this for years. Now, where I think we differ is I don't do it every day. I don't do it every week. I have things that I know that I need to do internally in my mind, which is talk shit on Twitter, talk, uh, respond to questions, respond to emails, connect with my team, see where we're at. Every couple of days, I just see where we're at. You know, do we have more, what leads are we hitting? You know, who are we, who do you want to talk to? Who are we doing? What are we doing here? Checking in on clients, you know, making sure everything is copacetic. And I don't systematically write it down every day, but when there are big things that need to be done, as in last night, there's, I think, seven or eight action items, right? Obviously, one is a podcast. I had to call a client today and make sure that we got paid, uh, which are very mental, like these, in these types of things, like podcasts and, and especially speaking with people, checking on, and on clients, you have to be sharp and it requires a lot of mental energy. So the day before things that I know, I know if I know the next day is a big day in, in terms of expending mental energy, I make sure I have a plan because then I go back and it's like, okay, there might be a couple things that are easy to do. But the things that require mental energy, I try to get them done first. And I try to make sure that those things that move the needle get done as soon as possible, um, which are very interesting. Every successful person does this and they do it in different ways, but they all have the same sort of framework. And you and I, it's very interesting that you and I have never spoken about this before. And we have a very similar framework to the way that we do things. And there is no question about why either of us are so successful. Yeah, that's it. It always falls back on that. And I discovered that again, three or four years ago, I read a book called the four disciplines of execution. And that was, that's all talked about is you set one big goal, whether it's, I want to build a six figure agency or get to 10 clients, pay me a thousand dollars each a month. And you work backwards. Like, what does it take? You have to get on X number of sales calls. Now to get on X number of sales calls, you have to send Y number of emails. Right. And it's just, it, you start to, it's, you have to be very calculated. Like a lot of guys in the space prop up Hormozy. And if you watch Hormozy's videos, he's got a strategy or a structure or a framework for every single thing that he does. And that's why he's successful. It's, there's no guesswork involved. It's, it's math, <laughs> right? So what's, what's interesting is that's what, that's one of the first things that you learn in sales, especially in outbound sales is you make a hundred calls. You, you have 10, you have 10 sales calls, you open up five applications and then you close two of them. Right. Yeah. 
So now, so you just take that framework to everything. And it's like, you know, you could, and, and you could see it two different ways. You could see that as very short-term thinking, but I know that if I make, so I'm working on growing my, my agency to six figures a month. Now, that being said, the only way that I'm going to do that, I know if I'm personally as the founder make and my with my sales ability, if I make a thousand, 2000 calls, we hit that number. There's no question about it. Now it's just, okay, how quickly do I want to make the calls? What else do I have going on? Do, and what is my lifestyle looking like where like, dude, I could sit in a room, bang out 150 calls. Do I want to do that? Fuck no. Do I want to sit at, sit by the pool and drink my coffee like I did today for an hour and call my clients and make sure and, and post on Twitter and, and do my thing and respond to questions and talk to my people? Yeah, I'm going to do that. Do I want to sit in my room and, and, and make, make 150 calls a day? No, I don't. But will it get me to where I want to be faster? Absolutely. But I'm cool with where I'm at right now. And I'm cool with the slow growth and the delayed gratification of it. And it's all about, I think, building businesses and building systems that work with your lifestyle and, and your goals and, and the things that you want to live. And I preface, I preface saying that because my question is, you're 22 years old, you're doing very well. What do you want in life? Like, what is your, so lifestyle, like what, so your current lifestyle is very, very much work focused. I know you smoke cigars, you go to nice dinners, you party, <laughs> you're going to Miami this weekend. What do you think in, you know, what do you think your life looks like in the next couple of years? Like, you know, with millions of dollars in the bank account, with multiple successful companies, maybe you have an exit, maybe you, you do a SaaS and you exit the SaaS. Like, what, what do you, you know, ideal Andre, what does that look like for you? Yeah, it's a great question. Every time I get asked long-term questions, I tell them, like, I get stressed out thinking too far ahead. And again, that's like the operator in me is like thinking on like what I have right now written down on my sheet. But it's a great question to reflect on. But real quick, to go back to what you were saying before, is like you could sit in the room and make 150 cold calls and like that's enticing. But the best piece of business advice I ever got was from my grandpa who sold over $100 million worth of companies in his lifetime. And he said, he said, crawl before you walk. Uh, walk before you jog and jog before you run. And it's just taking that like slow burn growth because it's more sustainable. And it's something that you can actually build a lifestyle around instead of burning out within the first year. Right. Cause that's why a lot of people want to sell early is because they get tired of it. Whereas like I could build this business over the next three, four, seven years and, and then sell them for a way bigger exit while still enjoying the lifestyle that people that wanted to go for the exit were looking for. But yeah, in terms of ideal lifestyle, like you said, like 22, just out of college. Uh, so I'm still in that mindset, kind of just exploring. Uh, I just moved down to Tampa, Florida from New York, where I lived for 22 years of my life. Um, so this whole experience of moving to a new city has been uh, very interesting and has opened the door to a lot of new opportunities. But long term, like very different than I guess the vibe on money Twitter. Not everyone relates to this, but I, I want to start a family, have a bunch of kids, Absolutely. have a have a beautiful wife and uh, and <clears throat> be able to support them through all this work that I'm putting in today. It's really my biggest motivation is like all my decisions are calculated on like providing for my family long term. Yeah. So no Lambo. What, what was that? So no Lambo. No, Lambo. I mean, dude, this is so interesting. Like I'm the most like non-materialistic person I've ever met, to be honest, like, especially in the space. Like I wear like a $60 Fitbit. I don't own a car. I have the means for all of this. I just don't get like fulfillment out of it. Like I, my biggest thing, like 
where I love spending my money is honestly experiences. Yep. So like travel, vacations, uh, and then on the day to day, like nice dinner, cigar lounge, right? Taking people to, to see different parts of the city. Um, to be honest, the, the one car that I love to own is, is uh, either a Urus or Rolls Royce Cullinan. But it's it's not like a, a necessity, but it would be would be cool. <laughs> bro, you pull up in a you pull up in a Cullinan, bro. You're gonna look like a mob boss, bro. Is <laughs> this dude? Who's this yeah. guy? And and, I think, and 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 you're well on your way. If not already, you have the means to to do that shit right now, like at 22. But obviously, delayed gratification, right? So it's like it really depends on on where you want to be. And it's like you know, for me, right? Like obviously, like I, I was texting you. I was like, I, I remember the other day I texted picture. I was like, soon, right? And the reason I want the nice shit is just because obviously, like it becomes a marketing thing, right? Like as a marketer, and like it's just you get prestige, you get more respect from, from random people. And like, it, it'll, it'll open up opportunities and vehicles and avenues in your life that you wouldn't have already. But something my friend Farshad said, he, I did a podcast with him. I'm not sure if you listened to it. And he is a long-term thinker, infrastructure guy, like very vision focused. And, and honestly, like one of the people, and I tend to talk a lot, you know me, dude, I tend to talk a lot. One of the people that I sit with and he's 29, one of the people that I sit with and when he speaks, I just listen because he knows things that I don't. And a lot of his perspective is very long-term focused, which I'm implementing now, right? And the, the ideas that he speaks about it and very vision-focused long-term things. And he, you know what he said? We were at dinner yesterday and he said, you know, he said, the most high, the most valuable guy in the room doesn't need to have a $100,000 watch on the most valuable guy in the room doesn't need to flex to prove it, right? And there's a difference between flexing and then having nice shit because you have nice shit. Or you of like course. Nice and I think you're very much of the same way. And that's something I noticed about you when I met you is, you know, you're not a flashy guy, but you do know your shit. You're very smart and you're fucking killing it. And yeah. the people that resonate with you Re and, and people resonate with both sides and the people that resonate with you and that idea and that vision, they really resonate with that. Right. You were a guy that has proven that he can be, you know, you were staying, you were living at home for a while, right up in New York. And yeah, I lived home all throughout college <laughs> and you built, and you built a mass, you built two fucking massive companies. And now you're in Tampa, obviously with the boys, you're having a good time. You're not, I, I know, I know you have a nice crib. I saw a little bit of it on FaceTime, but like, you know, those things are like, those, I guess, are, are the things it's like, you know, you're not very materialistic, but you, you are going to live a certain type of lifestyle that you're able to provide for yourself just because. Exactly. Um, Otherwise, what's the point? Exactly. Exactly. Right. And it's really about figuring out what it is that you want in life and reverse engineering Gary Vee. That's who I learned it from, bro. That's all this reverse engineering shit, building an ecosystem, all this shit. I learned it was Gary Vee when I was like 18, bro, watching, watching him talk. I don't really watch him that much anymore. I think, you know, he's, he's doing some different things now, which are very interesting, but he's, he's very on top of everything. But figuring out what you want and then just building backwards from it, like Stephen Covey, seven, seven habits, highly effective people begin with the end in mind, right? So like, okay, if you want a, if you want a, a six-figure a month business, you have to do the work to make a six-figure a month business. So how many calls, how many client meetings, how many sales, how many, how many people do you have to have, how many testimonials, how much social proof, what does that look like? And you just build backwards from there. So when you started out, springs my mind to a question I just thought of. When you started out, what kind of, what did you want when you started out? 
Because you don't start out being like, I'm going to start a lead generation agency. I'm going to get into coaching. Like, What did you want when you started out? Yeah, 100%. This is a great question. So going back even to like the way I think about things and I am with materialistic things and thinking long term with the family, like I was very fortunate to grow up in a household where my dad was an immigrant from Lebanon and he was an entrepreneur that was I'd call self-made here in America in real estate. And then on my mom's side, her family was very well off because like I mentioned, my grandpa entrepreneur built and sold a bunch of companies. So like the two most influential people in my life growing up were entrepreneurs and they also had built these large, beautiful families that I'm now a part of. And so I got to learn from them and kind of see like further down the line, like the way they think and the way they operate. And like you said, start with the end in mind and, and kind of work backwards. So I think the upbringing was very different than than most. And I'm super grateful for it because it's had the most impact on, on who I am today. But going back to your question now is really interesting because even to add to that, when I first got to, to college, I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur because that's, again, my dad and my grandpa. Uh, so I went and started a podcast somewhere to this. And I just wanted to learn because where I went to school, like there weren't many entrepreneurs, right? Like I had Christian, I had Dan, but outside of that, nobody could really relate. And over the first two years of school, we did over almost 200 episodes of this podcast where we just talked to successful people and kind of found out, you know, how they got to where they're at and, and kind of like what their their view on, on kind of their whole journey. And I just learned, like you said, your friend, like, like all the different successful habits that these guys, people or these people have and like what they missed out on in life. Like one of the ones I'll never forget is this billionaire sitting in his condo in, in a skyscraper in Miami and he's got a yacht and he's got a private plane. And on the podcast, he almost like broke down in tears saying how his biggest regret is not dancing enough in life. And it just like hit me like, don't take yourself too seriously because life will go by like that. And he's, you know, living the dream, but is he really right? So like things like that really struck me of like, instead of focusing on like having the apartment, having the house, having the car, having the boat, like experience life. Right. Um, but to answer your question, I was in college and I was flipping shit on the side. Like you said, like Gary Vee style, whatever, I was making decent money. Um, but my goal, cause I knew my parents were strict middle Eastern family, whatever, like I had to have something legit by the time I graduated. Otherwise I was, you know, finding myself a job. Yeah. So with Dan and Christian, same thing, we just came together and we we're like, let's have a business that like will sustain the same income level that we'd be earning as soon as we graduate <clears throat> by the time we walk across stage graduating. And that was the goal. So again, we set the end and this was like two years before graduation. We're like, we want to have a business where we're making $21,000 a month in revenue. May, and we had it written on my whiteboard for two years, May, 2021, a business with $21,000 in recurring revenue. Literally like a week before graduation, May, 2021, we hit that number. It's the craziest thing ever. And we just did the work to get there. So like that was our initial goal is to be able to graduate and say, hey, we don't have to go look for a job. Like we could just keep building together. And that's what we're doing. That's really cool. And I think a lot of us have very similar stories, right? So like entrepreneurship is a DNA thing. Like you'll hear Gary talk about this, but it's like, it's a DNA thing. It's when I went to college, right? I went to a state school in Pennsylvania. And I remember I said, okay, I'm going to study business management. I'm going to learn how to run a business. And I, and I remember I, before I, the first couple of days, like right before we went to school, I had emailed the advisor and said, how do I study entrepreneurship? I said, I want to be an entrepreneur. And she goes, we don't offer that program here. 
like entrepreneur is more of a title. We can put you in undecided and then you can study a track to go into business management. And then you do it. Then you, then you start that and you're like, what the fuck? And then I ended up going into finance. Right. I was like, all right, like let me figure out how to become a banker. Like, because I grew up, you know, super fucking broke. Well, you know, and I just wanted to make money, but <clears throat> I'd flirted with the idea of business for a while. I had started e-commerce companies and different things. And my first successful business was my party house in college when I was 19. Love it. And like, I think about that and it's almost like we all kind of, and I had it and I worked in corporate for two years, but we all have a very similar story, which is we had it in our blood to do. And you're, you either, and it's, it's something that you can learn. You can be in, and you can be mediocre at business and do very well but it's in our blood to be absolutely obsessive fucking killers who just care so much and just want to build. Like we don't want to do, like I was, I was, I was saying this last night, like I didn't, I don't, I don't want to work 13 hours a day for some other company. I'd rather work seven days a week for myself every day. It's in our blood to do. And almost, and, and now to the point where like, I will never, I was talking to my good friend who I went to high school, college, and then we ended up working together in sales. And he's been one of my best friends for like 11 years now. And he was like, oh, well, you can always go back and get a job. I was like, bro, what? I said, what? Absolutely. I said, there is no amount of money that you could give me. Well, maybe there is an amount, there is an amount of money, like, but there's, there's no trade-off that I think I would make right now. Like, okay. If you say, okay, yo, go, go do sales for, go do the same thing you were doing before for, and we'll give you, we'll give you a paycheck for 10 mil tax-free. Yeah, I'll do that. Like I would do that like that, but the lifestyle that I live now and the life that I have now, Andre, I do whatever I want when I want. I can live every, anywhere in the world that I want. We can, and we can build and we can do cool shit. And we can go link up with our friends in Mexico and Miami and pop champagne and spray it on people and do crazy shit and go on yachts and go to the club on a Tuesday and sit by the pool on a Wednesday and train whenever we want. And we can do whatever the fuck we want. But it's, it's literally like we, we always kind of knew that we were absolutely unemployable. Yep. That added, bro, we got ego, we got attitudes, and we are, and, and, Dan, and Danny says this, Wi-Fi astronaut, if you guys don't know him, yep. my boy, he says this, he's like, we are ordained by God <laughs> at the level that we went at. And it's, it's, it's beautiful. And I want to I speak to that a little bit. It's like, you know, when did you realize that like you were just absolutely unemployable? Like, I guess like the first week I got a job, like, and I, again, I, I come from that entrepreneurial family where growing up, like, I think I was kind of also wired by like my, my, my dad and my uh, grandpa and just the surroundings. Like we would always just grow up thinking of like, how can we sell more books? That was the thing because they were running a coupon book business. And the question, every time we got together, how, how do you sell more books? Right. Growing up as a kid. Um, but to answer that question, like, for me, I, I got a job at the family company when it, when it turned 16. Cause again, like my family was like, you're going to work and, and learn work ethic, which is the best thing that they could have you know put upon me. Um, but within like a year of that job or within not a year, like a month of working that job on the side, I started flipping things. And the first thing I flipped, cause I wanted a pair of Yeezys. I was a huge Kanye fan. So I bought a pair of Yeezys, not knowing really much about them. Um, for like 200 bucks. And then I got an offer to sell them for like a thousand. And I kind of did the math. I'm like, if I got two pairs, 
could have sold them for 2000 kept the pair and made like three months paychecks just by literally like in like 10 minutes. So just getting the taste of the actual freedom of, of doing it myself and, and flipping things, that's as soon as I realized, like, I'm just going to be an entrepreneur. And even after college, like I said, I went and worked that sales job, but that was more so to, to learn sales because through doing the podcast, like every single guy in business that was successful had some experience with sales. And that was just a perfect opportunity for me to gain that experience. But yeah, it's always, it's always been in my blood. I can't imagine going back and I think, like you said, it's it's something you you're born with, and it's something that through the experiences that you actually go through, it, it just strengthens to the point where, like, even if it's a cash offer to go back to that same job, like it's not going to entice you enough. Um, and that's also it's your biggest weapon. It's it's a secret weapon for entrepreneurs. It's like that is the motivation to not quit and to not give up on your dream because if you do, you just go back and work a job. Um, and my friend, David Riggs, he actually started a clothing line. Uh, I'm not sure if he still runs it. This was about a year ago called unemployable. And I think that word is just perfect to describe, you know, how we feel about ourselves. Yeah. yeah. Also, I, I want to ask you this. You struggle, did you struggle with, um, listening to authority? Uh, a little bit, not like in a combative way of like, Oh, like, who are you to say? But like, in a business setting, definitely. Like I very much respected authority, like in my family and in school. Like I was, I was one of those kids that's actually a really good student. Um, and I really respected and learned from people that like know their stuff. But when it comes to business, like working at in different business environments and like, like family business, the sales job I had, like I knew I could do it better. And I felt that way. And like you said, like I would finish my work and like one eighth of the time that that others around me would. And that really just frustrated me. Like it, it, it was not an environment that I could thrive in by any means. Um, so no, to answer your question, no, but it, I guess in certain scenarios, yes. Where like the authority figure was not. And, and, the reason, and the reason I asked that is because a lot of, a lot of people, especially me. So like, I've always struggled with listening to authority because I knew I was, I always knew I was, I was, I was better than, and, it, and it's a little, maybe fucked up to say, Oh, I always knew I was better than others, but I, how I was raised was my, my parent, my mom wasn't very strict, but she would try to get me to do things that I didn't want to do. And I knew that whatever she was asking me to do, didn't really matter, but I respected her. So I, I tried to do it, but my father raised me and I'm very much my father's son. And my parents were divorced when I was five, but I was very much my father's son. And my father, like every time I would be like, and, and it's, it's, it's literally, he would always be like, look, like, you know, the cream always rises to the top. He's like, he's like, you're a blank last name, which is, I'm not going to dox myself, but you're a, this, of course, you're, of course, you're the best in school. Of course, you are beating everyone up in martial arts. Of course, you're good at this. Of course, of course, of course. Right. And he trained me to be, that's like, that's who you are right? Because you're my son, because you come from this last name, that's who you are. Excellence is the stage. He raised me from a very young age. Excellence is the standard. And when you're around people who are lackadaisical, who aren't as efficient, it starts to piss you off. And like, when I was in school, I always knew, and like, dude, like I graduated high school with like a 4.2 or something GPA. Like I was, you know, top of my class, like um, when I was in grade school for nine years, uh, obviously kindergarten through eighth, K through eight. 
I was rank one in a rank one in my school. I had the best test scores, best grades, everything. And you see a lot of things start to bleed through the cracks. And it's like, you know, why are every, why is every time I get a test, I'm done, I'm done in five minutes and it takes people an hour, right? Why do I have to sit here if I'm already done? Why do I have to like, why, why do I have to do these things? If I'm, if I'm light years ahead of other people and especially in sales, and this is a, this is a testament to not only my efficiency, but the way I think and the way I perceive the world is if you're incredibly efficient in the things that you do and why are you listening to others who are below you? You know, Kanye says, like, I don't take advice from people less successful than me. And when, and especially when I was in sales, dude, and this is what I, I definitely struggled with was like, you know, having managers and having people tell you, and I had an incredible mentor who I want to get on the podcast soon. And he is literally the reason why I'm so good at the things that I do now, because of the, he took a liking to me and I worked with him a lot one-on-one and he instilled that, that, tenacious killer mentality in terms of being able to sell. And he honestly, like is, you know, I, I'm so, I was so blessed to have him for the, the two years that I did as like a mentor and, a, and as a friend. Um, but I always struggled with listening to, to authority. If I felt that the authority figure didn't know what the fuck they were talking about. Exactly. Right. And in the school system, especially in the school system, you have people who make 30 grand a year telling you how you should live your life. We do that in a month, half a month, a couple days now because we built what we built, but like we have the ability to do so, but like taking advice and taking advice from people who are put in positions of authority where they like to flex their power and they, and you're, and when you're on a trajectory of absolute and utter excellence, it's very hard to listen to them. And so it was very hard for me to listen to people in the school system. So, I, and, and because you come from Middle Eastern family and then, you know, the way that I know those families are structured and, and set up very traditional values, right. You were instilled to be the authority figure as opposed to listen to authority. So that's why I asked you that question. Yeah. You know, I grew up with a lot of, with a couple of good friends of mine from who, who grew up in there for the families were from Syria, from Lebanon and um, Algeria. And, um, they were all actually my friend Farid, who maybe I'll get on the podcast one day. It, one of my best friends, he was always a very good leader. Even when we were like 13, 14, 15, he was always a very good leader. And being able to surround yourself with people that are leaders, you become one yourself, right? All the alpha dogs together is an alpha pack, right? That's what we are here on Twitter, right? all different, you know, not everyone's going to be like me, six foot four or whatever, but we all are very good at the things we do. And we all are authority figures. And the thing is, I think if you struggle with listening to authority, with low quality authority, you become an authority figure yourself, which is very interesting. I don't know if you agree. No, I definitely agree with you. I I think in in the beginning, like now that I reflect more on the question, I definitely align with that. Um, But initially I didn't think so, but, but yeah, a hundred percent. And that's why I feel like you know, like you mentioned, you're on spaces the other night, you, you have this podcast that really tells me something where like you're inviting people on your podcast and trying to learn from them because you respect these people. And that is like the number one trait of a leader. I feel like is to try and see all perspectives, see all sides of the equation and, and you know, have a, a deep understanding of that. So, yeah, I think a lot of us, one of the reasons why we're doing so well in life and, and the things that we do is because we seek to understand. And what I mean by that 
is especially in sales, right? Like, and when you're and, and doing client service stuff, and even with what you're doing with client ascension, it'll you'll you'll understand exactly what I'm saying. In order to bridge the gap and sell somebody on a product, you can use fucking NLP, you can use tactics, you can use psychology, you can manipulate psychology, but it creates a cognitive dissonance in the relationship. But if you understand their situation, fundamentally, you understand who they are, and there's ways you can do this in sales very quickly, but, and, and you understand fundamentally who they are, you understand what makes them them, you understand their goals, their mental framework, and their belief systems, you, all you need to do is bridge the gap. That's what I do in sales. That's how I sell these days. And you do that through expertise, authority, and the seeking to understand. And you do that by asking questions, right? And I think that when you seek and when you live life searching for understanding in every aspect of the word, seek to understand why things are the way they are, why people do the things they do, how systems work, how you, and all you do is you reverse engineer these mental frameworks by seeking to understand, and then you flip them and then implement them into your own life. And then your life gets exponentially better. Yep. And we keep mentioning Gary Vee, but the word he uses for this curiosity. And I think that, again, is just such a trait of, of leaders. They're always looking to learn new things and see new sides of things. And that's how you get to where you're at, right? Like it, it's not you just all of a sudden have all this knowledge. It's, it's through curiosity, deep understanding and actually taking an interest in what it is you're doing. I feel like a lot of people just play at the surface level, which is dangerous. Yeah. You, playing at the surface level is, yeah, you might get quick it's success, but it's, it's not real. Yeah. It's not real. And I think building real things is why guys like us were put here. I, I have this analogy I literally always say, but some men, some men were meant to conquer the world and some were meant to make the coffees at Starbucks. And you and I are guys that if, and, and dude, even though, you know, you're not, you're not six four, not whatever, but like, bro, like if the, if this was like primal times, me and all of our friends would be out there with the spears, hunting lions, shooting bows and arrows and shit, fighting, going to war, walking in one direction like the road, swords and shit, because it's in our DNA to do so. That's in my bio on Twitter. Is God is king, we the soldiers, man. We're the like we are we are the built and especially all of us and especially with the online space and everything. And like the online space is only going to get bigger. We are only going to get bigger. I can see by next year, we are all, you know, 50, hundred thousand followers on Twitter and other social platforms and our influence, literally like our sphere of influence will just grow and grow and grow. Um, and we will be the biggest people in the world in this space very soon. As long as we continue doing the things that we're doing, you know, people, people have asked me for sure. You know, oh, new year's resolution, bro. What are your goals? And I'm like, dude, my goals, I just want to do everything I'm doing right now. just a little bit better. Yep. Because I feel like me waking up every single day with the freedom that I have and doing the things that I do and building things that we do, I feel like we already won the game. Even though we might not have, you know, $100 million exits and all this stuff and, you know, be on, on, on some Hormozy shit with like, you know, 80 million a year, whatever money, finance. It's just numbers on a screen at that point. But we are purely playing the game to have fun. And because we're operating out of a state of abundance versus scarcity, we win a lot more than if we were, oh, I need, I need to get this client. I need to close this client. I need to do this. Oh, oh my God. We are literally able to win and play. Literally, we're hooping for sport. Like, <laughs> we're just hooping, thing. bro. 
Like we're just in the gym. We're taking, we're making, making shots. We're, we're hitting layoffs. Like some, some shit's layoffs. Some shit is half court shots, some full court shots, but we're just playing a game from fun. Yeah. And that's where, that's where I draw all my gratitude from is the fact that I even get to play the game because just looking at how my dad grew up is he was in Lebanon. There was war. There's no such thing as the internet, no technology. There's no time to even focus on business. It was survival mode for the first 20 years of his life and then he gets thrown into the united states not knowing the language now you got to learn the language so it's like the opportunity for me to even play the game as early as i started in my life is is where i draw the most gratitude from it's beautiful man and, and a lot of people sleep on the idea of gratitude like i wake up every day so fucking grateful that i get to do these things like and tate says this all the time you you don't need to do anything you get to do them. And when you look at the world through a lens where you are in a position of abundance, where you can get to do the things that you do, you are so much more grateful for the life that you live. Regardless of where you're at, you get to get up and go to work. You get like, and, and like me and Dan always say is like, you're allowed to go and push these levers and go as hard as possible, right? There's nothing. The only thing that stops people from doing that is themselves. So let me ask you this. I'm going to switch the, the tone. What would you say to guys just starting out? Like you're a young dude. What would you say to the kids who just graduated college? Cause I know what I'd say. Just who just graduated college, who want to be in business, who want to do the things that we do, who look at us and are inspired and, and are like, I want to live that life because we do live very beautiful lives. We yeah. eat expensive dinners. We smoke good cigars. We, we hang out with each other. Like we talk and we're like, we have great relationships. Like what would you say to those guys just starting out who want to start making money and also want to start uh, building those relationships? Yeah. I mean, so many things. I feel like if they're listening to this podcast, there'd be a list of five to diff, 10 different things that they could take action on. I think the biggest thing is, is never second guess yourself. I know when I first started, I, again, I was super lucky to, to have seen my dad and my grandpa like have success doing, you know, kind of similar to what I'm doing. But I always second guess myself when the results weren't there. So my favorite saying, you heard me say this earlier on the podcast, is focus on the inputs, not the outputs. Like that's the number one killer of dreams is when you attach all of your emotional energy to an output that, sorry, you actually can't control, right? As much as you think or as much as you want to control that outcome, you can't. No, um, so you're talking about the out, the idea of outcome independence. Exactly. Okay. And in like, again, if I'm starting really early, this quote strikes me hard and it's live in the day, measure by the decade. So instead of measuring your success, where you're at, revenue, clients, sales, car, house, whatever it is, instead of measuring that every single day and stressing yourself out and, and getting you to, to not take action or not do the things or, or think way too short term and make mistakes, just focus on the inputs. Like, what can you do today that's going to make you better tomorrow? Or yep. what can you do today that's going to result in a sale a year from now, yep. right? And and if you could just focus on the inputs, detach from the outputs, and just understand that you will get there as long as you're doing what you know you should be doing. And it's not as easy as that. It's not like, okay, I'm just going to go do 10 push-ups and, you know, go on, listen to three podcasts and all of a sudden become a millionaire. Like, you have to also learn the traits and the steps that other people took to get to where you want to go. And that's why I think Twitter is such a powerful platform because even for me, like, even though I have the vanity metrics, I have a lot of followers. I got a lot of engagement on there. Like 
I've, I learned and I still learn today from so many of the guys on there, like yourself and Mason and Daniel and Nick Rogers and JK Molina, like all these guys, they figured it out and I'm just there learning from them. And, and that's really it. Yeah. Uh, and we always are, we're always learning. And something I said to uh, one of my guys that I coach is, and I don't really do this. I don't really coach a lot of people, but is you're not ever as good as you think you are dude we're killers we're we're doing we're doing well we got good shit going on we're helping a lot of people we're doing a lot making a lot of impact and doing really fucking cool things in the world even sales bro if i was as good as business as good at business as i think i am i'd be a trillionaire by now but if you were if you were as good as everything good at everything as you thought you were you'd be light years ahead of where you are now even at 22 so the way we circumvent that is by continually learning, continually getting better, continually putting ourselves around people who are making more money, who have better X, better Y, better Z. And what we do is we all level up together. And we have such, and, and I want to, I want to speak on this because this is why we created, this is why you create a client ascension. This is why I create Cashflow Syndicate is because when you put yourself in a support system, that facilitates positive feedback loops and facilitates positive growth, you automatically become better by proxy. If you're in a room, if I'm in a room in Miami and it's me, Dan, you, Ricardo, Luke, who like, let, let's put everybody in Miami. Let's put all the boys in Miami in one room. There is no way that we sit there for three to five hours and talk and not figure out how we can get better. Like me, Mason, and Ricardo had a conversation in a, in a, in a, in a, like a penthouse condo in Miami in December, and we made a shit ton of money across all three of us because of the ideas that we implemented from one conversation. And the entire goal is to have such a great support system around you that when you have that support system and you all talk about the same things, you guys are all like-minded, regardless, like I said, a financial situation, but you literally just become better by proxy. You hang around dudes who are doing better things than you. You hang around like this, this idea of steel sharpens steel. And something I wanted to touch on was the idea of living with your boys and building with your boys, your boys that you came up with. Like I live with my best friend, Jack of 20 years. We train together. We work together. We hold each other accountable, even though he's in the music industry and I'm in, I do what I do. We hold each other accountable and we've been friends, best friends for 20 years. Literally we take a fucking bullet for each other. That's my brother, right? And we continually always check each other on our shit and we continually build together. We continually support each other. We share ideas. He has ideas that we implement in Cashflow Syndicate. He's not even, he, he, does not, he doesn't even do online business, right? But the principles remain the same. I give him for music, right? Like I give him, okay, when you talk to this artist, here's how you sell this. Here's exactly, here's the, the, the words that you use, the vocabulary, here's the frame of the conversation. And it works. And, we'll, and, and I want you to, to, to talk about, so you built a business with Dan and, and Christian, right? And those are your boys that you came up with. What does that look like? I mean, like, you know, how much better do you think you've become just by having them around to not only hold you accountable, but to build with and be friends and be, and be brothers to you? Yeah, that was, was a beautiful arc that you just uh, completed there. Cause it's, it's, how I'm where I'm at today, even growing up again with in the same household with my dad and, and my grandpa and even my little brother, like he 
is crushing an online business and I, he's younger than I am and I learn from him every day, but yeah, moving in together with Christian and Dan, the whole idea behind that is, yeah, it'd be fun. It'd be great, whatever. But like what I was most excited about and still am today is just being able to learn from each other and constantly communicate. So we run a business, we run multiple businesses together and we would always communicate through zoom and Slack and a lot of like intent and a lot of things are said differently through those platforms. Whereas now we're living together, the communication is much more transparent. It's much more fluid. And that allows us to, to not only come up with ideas, but also implement those ideas way faster. Um, and it's also motivating uh, and inspiring to see it to wake up and, and, you know, hear Dan on a sales call crushing and hear Christian typing on his keyboard or talking to a client. Like, why am I just going to to fuck off and do nothing that day when, when the boys are fucking grinding? So yeah. it's just like your surroundings, I guess they kind of inspire your own actions. So we're all, we're all like accountable to each other just by the environment we're in. Like we're all always working. And if one's not, then, you know, it's, it just creates like this vibe of like, you gotta be, you gotta stay like at the same level that those around you are at. Um, and, but more so the ease of conversation. Like if I need something, I just walk to the other room and, and talk to Christian about it. And just this last week, we we're debating, uh, an offer pivot, which probably would have took a month if we had to do it over zoom and Slack yeah. and it was causing a lot of stress. So I just went to them and said, Hey, let's just go out for a walk, go to the coffee shop, whatever. And, and we did. And just through casual conversation, we came up with like this genius idea, light bulb moment. Yeah. And it was just the best feeling. And those instances don't happen if you're not constantly in those environments. So I always force myself to, to have conversations with these guys, check in on them, uh, go on walks, like all these different things you could be doing. Yeah. It's, it's a hack. It's, it's a fucking hack. Yeah. And, and listen, <clears throat> I'm going to tell this to the listener, right? Cause we obviously already know this because it's literally what we do. What we just talked about. If you guys are in your parents' house and you have good friends who want to be successful, go all live together. Stay competitive. Living around competitive guys and guys in your friends specifically is going to that are going to hold you accountable. Not dickhead, not your dickhead friends who say who talk a lot of shit and don't ever do do something. Live with your boys who are fucking want to do shit. You, you all get in a room and you have these conversations and you get so much shit done. It is so efficient. You guys will work out together. And the thing is, is what you do is you continually build a bond with them. And you continually create brotherhood and camaraderie. Dan and Christian are your friends for life. Yep. You guys are going to make meals together. You guys are going to do everything together. And it makes you a better person. Not only do you like you can, and this is facilitated like two of the guys. So I hired, I originally hired four sales guys and I ended up keeping one, but two of them are going to move in together in Tennessee. And they're going to work together and they're going to sell shit together. And they're going to, they're going to do that together. And they met through me and they met through communities and cash flow syndicate and everything. And there's guys that are going and moving in together and doing big things together and working and creating businesses together because they understand this fundamental principle of when you are surrounded by like-minded individuals who are doing things and are competitive and hold you accountable, you literally become exponentially better. The this is a great example with me and Mason. Me and Mason don't even live together. I'm trying to get him out here to move to, to move out with me <laughs> to LA for a year. Yeah. What we can do together if we do that. But the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. 
you guys, the three piece that is Christian, Dan, and Andre doesn't equal three. It equals 300. Yep. This is what you guys are able to accomplish together. So any young guys listening, right? Or girls, I don't know how many girls listen to this. Any young guys listening, go live with your fucking best friends. Go make fucking money together. Go to the gym together. Go out together. Do everything together. Because, and I'm an only child, right? But me having my friends and the support system that I have makes me exponentially better as a human being. Go link up with your boys, have a conversation, sit there and be like, yo, guys, we're all going to move in together. We're going to do this. We're going to start businesses. We're going to make money. We're going to split the rent. We're going to pool our finances together. This is a Middle Eastern thing. This is a traditional, yeah. like, Eastern thing. Well, like, everyone gets mad about the, especially in, in Philly, right, where I'm from. Like, everyone gets mad that the... Korean people, the Koreans, the Chinese, the Cambodians, the Indians, the uh, Pakistanis, they all move there, right? They got the grandfather in the house, who's the patriarch of the family, they got the grandfather, and they got like seven kids. And all seven kids, they go out and they work. And even if all seven kids make two grand a month, they give all the money and, the mo- and uh, you know, the dad and everyone, like say, say the combined income of the household is like, after you run the numbers, they're all ma- you got seven kids making two or three grand a month. Okay, let's say it's two grand. You got 14 grand coming in. Then the father has a job. He's making 50K. So now you got 14, you got 14K a month plus 15K. So you're, you're looking at a combined household income of like, let's say 300 grand. No wonder why they got all the businesses. No wonder why they're pushing Audis and BMWs and expensive cars. They got all the fucking businesses and they run needs-based businesses. They run convenience stores, tax, accounting, all these things, these boring plumbing, boring electric, boring businesses, and they make shit tons of money. And in the span of three years, they do what it takes a usual American family to do to 30 to do. Crazy. And this is a great example, fa- family values, but you can also replicate that with, say you go live with your boys, you all split the rent, rent's fucking a grand. Okay, guys, how do we each make a grand this month? What do we need to sell? Right? What do we need to do? We get one client for three grand, we pay rent, Right? What do we, what do we got to do? And then you got three people. So now even in a sales perspective, sales conversation, right? Dude. So you got three people, you all are making a hundred cold calls a day. You're sending a hundred emails. Now it's 300 emails a day. You're making 300 cold calls. You get to achieve your goals quicker when you have your boys with you. It's the, it's the mafia mentality. It's the mob mentality, the gang mentality, the, the soldier community mentality that a lot of guys fail to cultivate because they let the world and they let society beat them down. Yeah, and, and I do ton, while you're young. It's a shit ton more fun doing shit with so much fun instead of going at it alone and being solo. I was gonna say, like, yeah, like do it while you're young, and it's gonna be the most fun you'll probably ever have. And exactly. again, like doing the podcast I did for so long, like everyone always reflects on those days coming up and the grind and the the competition of it all, right? It's it's just like we said, it's just a game. Um and you'll be, you'll become better because of it. And I think it all comes back to putting yourself out there. And so many are afraid to do just that. I, I completely agree. I completely agree. It's, it's, it's very important. I think that's, if that's one of the takeaways, I think there's going to be a lot of takeaways from, from this interview, dude, but I really think the, the key is, is like literally put people together and put yourself and others and friends and, and the people you love and care about in a position to succeed. Take care of your family. Take care of your friends. Be a good friend. Be a good person. 
And when you engage in the community, and if you don't have those friends, communities exist, cash flow syndicate exists, client ascension exists, these things exist for that reason, right? For the reason of, yo, let's create a community where, because what we struggled with and we, we found it, but we, what we did was we manufactured it for ourselves by being experts in our space and finding a community of experts and, and now friends together, right? But we are able to create these communities because that's what we were looking for when we were coming up. We were looking for a community that we could be like, you know, a, we could be a part of and a community that we could really be together in. And you can find people who are a little bit ahead of you to learn from and people who are below you to mentor and teach. These things exist for a reason. And it's why we did it in the first place, because that is literally the thing that is going to make you so successful very fast in every aspect and every facet of life is by being around people who are doing better and being around people who are doing worse and bringing the people who are doing worse up and be, and bringing yourself up by being friends and connecting with the people who are doing better. Yeah. The, I mean, the fact that you can build like a lifestyle like this for yourself by also helping others is just like, who would not be interested in doing that? And it's, it's, on, it's amazing. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like exactly. You know, do you have any final thoughts? No, I mean, I think this podcast is a great example of everything that we talked about, of just continuing to associate ourselves with people that we respect and can learn something from. And that's why I love podcasts, love what you're doing, love what, uh, you know, your guests are doing, right? It's just an opportunity to have these conversations. Uh, and honestly, this is this is work. Like, to me, this is work. Like, I just learned so many things from just hearing the way you think and the way you operate to now reflect on the way I operate and think that is going to change the way I, you know, wake up in the morning tomorrow or the way that I communicate with my uh, two partners. It's just, yeah, my final thought is that, uh, you know, if you have an opportunity to do a podcast or to talk to people like David or even David in general through Cashflow Syndicator, through any means on Twitter, take the opportunity to do it because having conversations like this is moving the needle. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that was... A beautiful way to end it. Now, Andre, where can we find you? Uh, I believe most people who know you, they know you from Twitter. Um, where can we find your companies? Where can we find you? Where can people follow you, interact and engage with your stuff? I know you have an email list. I like your emails. I read your emails and I, and I, I'm on your email list under, under a burner email, but uh, I, I'm on, I'm on both. And I just, you know, I like to look at the way you guys do things. Uh, I want everyone to go sign up for Andre's email list. I want I want all of you listening. If you don't follow him on Twitter, it's uh, Andre Haykel Jr. It's all going to be in the description. Knowledge I can put Knowledge X and Client Ascension. If you guys want to have Andre handle your lead generation for whatever companies that you do that you have or companies that you're, that you're planning on running, um, I know he is pretty expensive. So, but he does good work. And um, Client Ascension, if you do have a business and you want to take it to the next level, their coaching program is is very good. Um, for, and I believe it's mainly geared towards uh, agencies and lead generation agencies, right? Yeah. Like someone that's well-established, like if you're kind of like at that 10 K a month mark and you're not able to get past it, that's really what the program was built for. But yeah, I mean, I'm not on any social media platforms other than Twitter uh, and I'm pretty responsive on Twitter, either through replies uh, or DMS as well. Those are open. So would love to connect and, and meet new people. Awesome. Andre, my friend, good to see you as always it, i think this has been a great conversation
And I think a lot of the listeners are going to learn quite a bit about life because, you know, what's interesting is like, you know, we didn't really talk about business and systems and all those things that you probably usually talk about. We talk about like the, the real stuff and, and what makes life life, um, especially the way that we live and, and living with our, our best friends and building things with our best friends and, and creating support networks. And I think there's so, going to be so many takeaways from, for the listeners here that if implemented correctly and if they really take what we say to heart, I think that their lives will become exponentially better. So this has been a, a, a great episode. And that's been episode, episode eight. I think it's episode eight. I think I said it's episode eight. So it's been great. Andre, thanks for coming on. And uh, thank you all for listening. Talk to you guys soon. Thanks, Ben.